0: Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith, encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Well, good morning, Steve. Welcome morning. again to our Friday discussion. And uh, as usual, we've already kicked it off. So, <clears throat> great to be with you. And uh, we appreciate spending time with you on a Friday. I actually got, uh, I got a very, very important interview coming up after this. Oh, really uh, good. Yeah, that I'm going to be posting on Monday. It's with a lady who is a marketing... And
1: yeah, I saw that.
0: ...strategist, yeah, so um that's going to be interesting. she's going to talk about mentoring sort of in the college sphere and you know for for the next generation from a business perspective so that's going to be quite interesting <clears throat> anyway so um <clears throat> yes, so the this scripture came to me last night and and I thought maybe we we could you know just um kick that off and kick that around and kick it off and kick from there or whatever. So it's Acts fifteen twenty two, and they would just been having this discussion um, that the Judaizers had gone down to the Gentiles and and all the rest of it, and so Jay, um, Paul and Barnabas were there sharing, and Peter was there sharing how the God was using them amongst the Gentiles, and and then the. Um, uh, he says, then James gets up and speaks and he says, um, therefore, it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles. And then he goes on and and so he shares then what, what is important. And then in verse 22, and then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them to send to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas Judas called Barsabbas and Silas leading men among the brethren. And they sent this letter by them. <clears throat> so, um, and the word, so it just stood out to me was the leading men among the brethren. And I looked up a whole bunch of other translations on that. And it talks about the chief men among you, those respected among you, uh, leaders among you, leading men among you, etc. So, Uh, That's generally the thought. So I thought let's, you know, let's, I mean, we could back up a little bit and talk about first apostles and the elders, Um, because is there a distinction? Was there a distinction in the book of Acts? And is that same distinction here today? Uh, Or is it different today?
1: well if you're doing that, let's back clear up to acts one one <laughs> no, I'm kidding <laughs> No, um I'm just wondering how big a can of worms you want to pop open this morning
0: okay well let's 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 pop the, the because the leading men among you um so there's obviously uh those that st- that stand out to are not prominent. I don't want to use that word because that just smacks of ambition. But um, is there are those that seem to arise and and take a lead in the body.
1: Right. Well, there are those that people look to for that. It's not it's not necessarily that they try to be that hmm. um, all the time either. It's it's those that people naturally gravitate to by the spirit of the Lord. Uh, to for direction for purpose for whatever, um, and it's not it's not because of a hierarchical thing. It's just it's in them by Christ to do that, and it's in the people to look to that. And wow. it's not it's not God give us a king like all other nations type of thing. It's just you recognize, <clears throat> and I guess this is the thing you and I have started to talk about before is is Melchizedek priesthood. Melchizedek priesthood is a totally different animal than, than the ironic priesthood. Peace. Yeah, not E-R-R-O-N-I-C. Yeah, A-A-R-O-N. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, <clears throat> we have we have a tendency to go with that ironic um, priesthood when when actually there's a Melchizedek priesthood. So in the Melchizedek priesthood, which we are supposed to be a part of what you do is you recognize that Prince of Peace. You recognize Christ in that individual. Uh, you recognize that Christ was sent to you uh, or Melchizedek was sent to you and you automatically in heart honor that. Hmm. And that's when Abraham of course gave his, you know, gave the tie that wasn't, it wasn't because he was required to give a 10th of everything. It's just, he opened up his heart and gave. Hmm. And uh, even though there was, hundreds of other kings that were encamped around about him to try to squeeze out a little portion of all the spoils that he'd gotten from war. Um, I'm actually not talking that bad, am I? After, no. I was telling Sean earlier that I got, I put a little dab of uh, a numbing agent on one of my teeth in the middle of the night. And consequently I woke up with my lip all, all half, drooping off my face. So I was having a rough time even keeping my saliva in this morning. I'm thinking, oh, brother, this is going to look sweet. But
0: interesting. uh,
1: Yeah. But as far as that recognizing Christ in somebody, recognizing that Melchizedek, they recognize Paul that way too. I mean, that's how you recognize people. Uh, Something I, I think you and I talked about before is, is why is it that they, maybe it wasn't you and I, but Um why is it that all of a sudden after Judas and they all get together in Acts in the first book of Acts or the first chapter of Acts, they get back together again. You know, the band's back together, dude. They get back together and uh they by lot cast lots and try to figure out who the who's gonna take Judas's place, which you would think is so bizarre after walking with Christ for three and a half years. Now, all of a sudden they're going to go back to casting lots to try to figure out, you know, who the next guy is. And it fell on Matthias or whatever his name was. And, but you never hear about him again, really. I mean, as far as even chief men among them or anything, I mean, I never, I, I don't remember seeing him again. I, he's probably in there, but, um, And this is where that, once again, seems like we go back into, you recognize in spirit which ones are the, which ones have that Melchizedek in them. Which ones are that that present Christ to us or to this situation? So, uh, like you said earlier, it's not necessarily, or maybe I said it, not necessarily a hierarchical thing where, you know, this is, these are prominent men, you know, or they—they they got more money than the rest of them. It's just, who do you recognize right now as a spiritual person that's able to bring Christ to this situation? So,
0: I—I yeah. think I, you know, for me, Steve is—is is just to reiterate. Um, I mean, they are. I think I think what what stands out to me is that just that is that we. We do see those that lead amongst us, um, and not lead in the sense of uh, it doesn't say everybody has to follow them. It just says that they tend to be respected. Another translation says right. those that are respected among you. Right, in other right, words, yeah. they they carried they carried something a mantle a mandate on them in that sense that they was carry that was recognizable. It really? was it wasn't like you say hierarchical. It was it was just respected people amongst them um, that that sort of arose that just had, had something on them that because these guys now travel and it's verse 32 it says and Judas and Silas also being prophets themselves encouraged and strengthened the brethren with lengthy message. And after they'd spent time there, they were sent away from the brethren in peace to those who had sent them out. But it seemed good to Silas to remain there. But Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch teaching and preaching with many others also the word of the Lord. And that that was like a qualifier to me, is that Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch teaching and preaching with many others also. They weren't right. like... Uh, we are the, you know, hey, we we are the, the apostles that traveled around, started churches. Everybody listened to us. Right. right. So there was this, there was, the, you know, that Melchizedek priesthood in in the equipping of the saints, obviously, and and but yet um, uh, Ju- Judas and Silas, that they were the, um, uh, Ju- um, yeah, Barsabas, Silas, Judas were leading men among the brethren, and, and I was just interested in what that, you know, because we can look at that and go, well, that's me, you know. So, um, and, but we, if we don't change our perspective on something, if we don't change our paradigm, then we will see it from a corporate point of view,
1: a right, hierarchy
0: right. corporate. Right. What we try and do is inject corporate America into the body of Christ. Right. That And that, not just try. We've done that. We've, right. We've done, you know, it's like president and first lady of the ministry. You know, it's just, we're trying to be a federal system in the kingdom of God, which has a king, a monarchy, and he right. appoints and, and takes down. So um, I, I just... First, you know, to me it was like two things. One is they are leading people, but not in a hierarchical sense, like you said.
1: Right. Yeah, and there's a there's an acknowledgement of that, uh, and it's not. It's not for acknowledgement of position. It's just acknowledgement for function. It's acknowledgement for uh, you know, if if somebody comes into my presence or somebody comes around me that I recognize as some spiritual hook spot to them (laughs) uh you know i'm gonna sit i'm gonna listen and i'm gonna draw out of them stuff it's not it's not once again it's not that they're over or under or anything else i just i want to draw as much as i can from somebody who has um some spiritual insight and um even even as a brother i want to do that i mean it's not uh, once again, it's not demeaning, it's not, it's not lifting somebody else up, it's just saying, you know what, you've got Christ in you, I want to find out what the Christ in you says right now, uh, not just to you, but to me, because it gives me a different perspective on life.
0: Yeah, okay, so the, the, the Greek word for um, lead there, leading, is hegemai, uh, okay. So you know the word, hegemai, Um, to lead or go before, go first in 1412, to govern rule, whether in a secular sense or in a spiritual one. Um, But that's not this verse. I don't think. So 1422. So, but that word is hegemai he, 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 or hegemai, however you want to pronounce
1: it. Doesn't um, yeah. that kind of follow the same type of thing as what Paul said? I, I'm I'm an apostle to you, but not to everybody. In other words, there's, there's a certain amount of influence I have toward you. There's a right. certain amount of, of measure of whatever that I have toward you, but I don't have it toward everybody. And it's just to begin to find out what that measure is toward people and operate in that.
0: Well, exactly right. That—that That is... Um, mm-hmm. I think what what also... Well, let me get to that later. But I'm just thinking of another scripture. Where's, <laughs> where's that one where it talks about um, acknowledging those... Not acknowledging, um, but it says... Um obey those
1: who have the rule over you. Yes. It's in Romans, isn't it? Is it? I
0: thought oh, it was so. in I thought it was in Hebrews. I thought so. Is it? Um gosh. I, I thought I saw a puddy cat. Um I can't see it now.
1: Uh, Hebrews 13, 17. Oh, there we go. You were right.
0: What was there somewhere. Obey your leaders. Okay, now that is a different word, that leaders then. Uh, let me just see, double two, double three. Let me see what that word is. Because, yeah, Hegemai. So these guys must have had some kind of, uh, well, actually, it is Hegemai. Um, as well. Why is it too... uh, Oh, this is a different Bible, that's why. Um, um, Yeah, so they... Hegemai means to lead or go before, to be a leader chief generally, only in the the participle with the article, a leader chief equivalent to hegemon leader chief. Um to lead out before the mind. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, to esteem, to consider. <clears throat> so, edumonii means to, stay, to be in an, in an oversight point of view. Right. So, these guys obviously must have been part of the eldership then, would you say?
1: Um, well, it makes the distinction there it does say the the
0: elders and leading men
1: and leading men. Yeah. So, um, whether or not they were ordained as elders at that point, um, I, I, it doesn't make that clear. It does uh, because it doesn't call them that. (laughs) So, but I, I, I would imagine that there are men that are leading men that are not, that are not elders in the body of Christ that uh, are just that they're leading men. They're people that people look to, uh, for stability, for, um, uh, an anchor, so to speak. And, um, cause there are, there are those type of guys. I know a bunch of those guys, you know, in the body of Christ, whether or not they've got it all right or all wrong or anything else. I know a bunch of those guys that maybe they're not elders anywhere, but they definitely are, um, pillars, they definitely are leading men, right. and so um, and of course, apostle doesn't necessarily mean that you're an elder either. Um, yeah. So,
0: don't you think? I mean, when you got the, the fivefold ministry—apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers—I <clears throat> mean, do they operate purely from a gifting submitted to governing the governing uh, governments of? a local church, which is, um, your eldership.
1: The, the only thing I can go back to is that scripture that we've actually discussed before is first Corinthians 12. Yeah. He sets in the church first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers after that miracles, gifts of healing, um, helps, uh, and then governments. Uh, governments are the last things to be set, which would mean uh, following that would mean that that uh, apostles, prophets, and teachers are not govern uh, governments. So if he's setting up governments after the fact, uh, that that would mean then that the gift is always subject to whatever that ruling factor is, or the the elders, because eldership rule. I can get wacky with my gift no matter what I'm doing. Just because I may be an apostle doesn't mean that I've got it all together. Okay. And because
0: get I mean, apostle is not an office, it's a gift. Right,
1: right. It's a gift.
0: It's a DOMA, it's a doma gift, D-O-M-A right. gift. Yeah. I I, I I see what you're saying. So if if as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, if I come into as a gift, right. if I come into a local um, community of believers that the body of Christ, uh, in local manifestation or national manifestation, I'm always subject to the governing elders. I I get invited. My measure is measured by their invitation. By they measure how much and how little. I cannot preside over, lord, over dominate.
1: Right, because they're the ones commanded to rule well the flock of God. Not me.
0: That's the pilotage, isn't it? I mean, that's the the administrations. uh, They pilot as as a corporate.
1: um, Yeah. And that brings us to that whole thing of, do we have apostles that are over churches then? (laughs) Uh, You know, so, um, you know, now I've got, I'm an apostle because I've got 25 churches under me. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm an apostle because like Paul says, you personally are my seal of apostleship in the Lord. Right. You are the ones that will be able to tell whether or not they should be able to read your life and tell whether or not I was sent from God. Yeah. It isn't because I've got some great anointing or able to teach well. It's just they should be able to tell in your life whether or not I was sent by God to you.
0: Yes.
1: So you are my seal of apostleship in the Lord. And that's um that makes it like you said, it's not a positional thing. It's not a um, uh, what do you call it? I guess you called it a position. Um, but uh, apostle is, is basically a gift or a tool in the Lord's hand to do a certain function.
0: Yeah, Which but, is equipping of the saints to do the right. work.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Now in that I do have a certain measure of rule as an apostle like that's what Paul said I said I have a certain measure of rule that extends towards you but it doesn't extend to everybody just because I'm an apostle to you doesn't mean I am to the whole church Right. just because I am to you doesn't mean I am to to you and the five people next to you I was sent to you to do a certain function to bring you into fullness and stature of Christ and it doesn't it doesn't mean I was sent to everybody. So this whole thing about being appointed over a whole mess of churches as an apostle is just a bunch of bunk yeah. because we want that, we want that chief seat or we want that place of authority, or we want to have a place where we can go minister and get money. Yeah. So that's what it boils down to. We want,
0: we want to be honored by a right. big group, which we of course include in that status position. And and the financial rewards of that.
1: <clears throat> so yeah, thank God we're
0: not honored by anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my, yeah, <laughs> that is the truth. Um, <laughs> well, we're respected among with people, so that's a good thing, uh, I suppose. It's that at I'm- least two, yeah. your wife and mine, yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that, that's because I uh, – I mean, this is like, like the finding the balance in, in this thing is because we've got this out of wax where, we've, where we come from – we read these things from that corporate paradigm. And unfortunately, it's corporate America paradigm in the church. and And so we right. – try and live that out all the time. And of course it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And the more I've challenged people on it, of course they get very unhappy with, with that concept because you're taking away my position. Um, one guy said, well, I may lose my church.
1: And you <laughs> will. It, <laughs> it, it, it has been your church and that's the problem.
0: Exactly. You know, I may, I may, I may lose my ministry. And I said, well, the, and, and I think that's, that's the important thing. I, I think two things to stand out to me is one, is that what God appoints, no man can unappoint. Right. So, so if you have a gifting, if, if you are a, 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 the Doma gift, if, if God has graced you, that's grace. It's not an attainment. It's not an accomplishment. It's not a career position that you study for. It's something that you have grace for, period. And one plants, another waters. One may, you may be a, an apostle to this, like you say, um, where somebody is to something else. It's just like, there's no, uh, anyway. It's just, it, you cannot define that as that I want to be like that person. It's like God graces you with that. And in that grace, you are, you now function within that grace. And I can't remember my two points. (laughs) So um, uh, what was I going to say now? Uh, um, Was two important points. Oh, man. Oh, man. I got carried away with, with the grace side of things.
1: Um, well, that's probably a good thing. It's nice to have that grace. Yeah. Uh, if you if you don't realize that it's the grace of God, you frustrate that grace.
0: Well, exactly, exactly. So so you have grace to function in that gift, and that gift is only to some, not to all. And right. uh, it's not a positional situation. And you have to be invited in in that sense. You cannot come and lord it with. That gifting, right? right? It's just, it's
1: just not possible. Although I do have a measure. See, and that's the thing that's confusing because I do have a certain measure of rule yes. as an apostle. Well, that's what Paul said. He said I have a certain measure of rule or metron towards you, but not toward everybody. Uh, yes. You know, I if I come into a fellowship, the only reason I come into a fellowship, if I went up there to Pennsylvania right now, I would not come in as I would come in as a part of the group of guys that you're working with. Yes. I wouldn't come in as over them. I would come in as, um, basically a friend to you. But if I, if I had that measure of rule towards you, I would come in as an apostle to you, but not to all those guys. Yeah. Because it's, my measure of rule only extends toward you. It doesn't extend toward everybody. Yeah. And uh, so I have that ability to be able to speak to you on certain measure on certain things. But uh, as far as everything else, I don't, you just don't come in and start setting everything in order, which is wanting and lacking and coming behind because that's not, you know, I wasn't sent there for everybody. Yes. Now, if I was, that's a different story. So yeah. I, I'm
0: just uh, another, a, a scripture that I'm looking at, um, that I'm looking for. Uh, oh, in Second in Corinthians chapter chapter one and verse twenty four, um, it says, verse twenty four, not that we lord it over your faith, but are workers with you for your joy, for in your faith you are standing firm. It's it's your faith you are standing firm. So we don't come to lord it over your faith, but but our work is with you for your joy. That, I mean, I've got that big underlining. That's the heart of which Paul came into the body of Christ. He didn't come lording it over their faith, you know, their faith journey, their spiritual walk is like many. And and I think there's another, another time that he mentions, um, uh, he talks about his apostolic ministry and he says, um, we're not, so we have verse chapter four, verse two, we, we, but we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And so he, the measure was, was by um, that, his heart to them, and then there was another. There's another one. and I can't remember where that is, but where he talks about about that measure. Um, and though I'm an apostle to others, I, I mean to you, I'm not apostle to all. Um, right. I, I can't remember what that is, but uh, so um, yeah. So, so if, I'm just uh, I'm just trying to find that. So that gifting is, I, I am a gift to the body of Christ for the equipping of the saints.
1: Right. And,
0: that, and that's really it. It's not an office. It's not, a, it's not an office. It's a gift. The office, right. is the, the office is the eldership. That's an office. Right. That's a governing office. Now, you, as, an, as an apostle prophet like Judas and, and Silas, you could be, or Barabbas, you, you could be an a, a, a elder with a gift. Right. Prophets, yes. Prophets that prophesied. And taught. Right. So, so you could be an elder with a gift, but you don't have to have a gift to be an elder. Right. Do you have to, have, do you have to be an elder to have the gift? Or to be the gift rather, not to have the gift. To be the gift. Do you think?
1: I, according to First Corinthians twelve, no.
0: No. Okay. Okay. So I think that's the distinction we we looking at. So, but when you come into a a a setting of the community of the ecclesia of the church, you basically have you come in submitting to the governing authorities there.
1: Right. Right. Yes. Yes, because you they're don't, the don't ones that are appointed.
0: On, on them and "Look, I'm in charge uh, and reduce all the all the elders to eunuchs." You know. Right. Do. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah, because that was, it's given to them to rule well the flock of God. Yes. And take the oversight thereof. Right. So uh, it's not given. It never says for a gift to do that. Right. It says the elders are to do that. So there's a there's a distinction there. Now, like you said, I could be a elder with a certain gift that now I'm I'm functioning that way. But I as soon as I shift over into that shepherd and bishop role, it's it's as an elder. I'm not doing that as a as a gifting or whatever.
0: Right. What now? That comes to something that just pops into my head is that. Paul says this, uh, I'm not Paul, Peter, Peter says, chapter five, verse one, he says, therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder, witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. He says, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain or or for filthy lucre's sake or for money's sake, but with eagerness, not yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. Right? Right. Peter, as an apostle, leading apostle, mentored by Christ himself, declares himself to be a fellow elder among you.
1: Wow. Right. Another distinction there, too, that it says is the the chief shepherd, when the chief shepherd shall appear. Do you know what the direct translation of that is? Mm Mm-mm. Senior pastor. <laughs>
0: uh, well, there we go. <clears throat>
1: yeah. So, the chief who's pepper. the
0: senior pastor? The king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Here, you know, here I had my title up on everything, you know, Senior Pastor Steve Bissett. And I even had cards made up that way. You I did. had the whole sign of the church, you know, the whole sign of the church building was Senior Pastor Steve Bissett, you know, underneath because mm. I liked. I like that acknowledgement. I like that, yeah. um, to be. I guess I like that title or whatever. I like, the, I like the acknowledgement. In fact, if I went through town and stuff, people would say, hey, yeah, who are you? And I'd say, I'm Steve Bissett, senior pastor of whatever, you know. And uh, I thought, why do I do that? Why am I, why am I even acknowledging that? Why am I even saying that? Because uh, you know, if I'm a, if I'm an electrician, I don't say, "Hey, I'm Steve Bissett. I'm an electrician. I do some electrical work down here at the factory." <laughs> you know, you don't do that. So why would we do that that the other way? You know, here I am. I'm a, a chief shepherd and bishop of of this particular church because it's a notoriety that we want for some reason. Yeah. So.
0: Well, and anyway. that's the thing is it's it's the it's the position and the title, and right. I think that, you know is that I, I think what stands out to me today is as as we cover this, we we have the apostles, and of course there's, and we have the leading men that prophesy. We don't know; it doesn't de- clearly state whether they were uh, elders or not, but they were respected chief or leading. Chief is a is a difficult word. That must have been a nice word. And back in the King James days, is the chief amongst us. That's was, right. It was just like hoo-hoo. Um, But they were respect, just respected people, respected men, respected people, individuals within the context of the community. I think any community has that. You know, right. I went to um I, I went to a um, what's the club the group called um the round table group and i was uh i i spoke at the round table group uh, in rotary um, club rotary club yes R- rotary, oh, okay. round, yeah. rotary round table whatever they're called
1: yeah i've never joined them i was just the guy that i was a rotary rooter i stood behind him and just cheered him on sorry that was bad
0: he was a Rotary rooter
1: yeah i was a rotary rooter
0: <laughs> yeah well i spoke at the at the group and and yeah. uh you know there's there's guys who have distinguished <laughs> terrible you know <laughs> there's guys who have distinguished themselves through experience through through
1: um, and they 're respected amongst the community
0: exactly they they 're not leaders there you know right. they're not like uh, uh, you know everybody bowed kowtows to them, but they are respected for their accomplishments for their experience for I mean, one of the guys there was the richest guy in the, the region here. And he really? just retired. He sold everything and and wow. retired. And so, you know, people, and yet he's like, just like playing like everybody else. Right. When, when he speaks, people listen to him because he is respected. You know, he, he's, he's an outstanding person within the community because they acknowledge his accomplishments. And I think that's, the, we, we've got to get that clarity in our own minds is, and, and yeah. the thing to guard our own hearts against is when people respect us, not to think we are the King on the donkey, you know, it's like the donkey doesn't ride into Jerusalem saying, Hey, everybody's shouting for me. You know, it's just like, no, no, you you're carrying the, the donkey. Oh. And that's the other thing that I meant wanted to mention before, you know, is that we operate within the mandate that we have, Right. And you always have the mandate. I think that's the important thing. Is um, the thing that I struggle with the most is when when I wasn't pastoring a church, people ministry, ministry as such treat you like you have lost everything. And and right. that was that was one of the hardest things for me to re to reestablish who. Within myself because right. now i've lost my senior pastor pastor role or my leading role within the context of a local church um, so I've lost everything I'm selling dog food from door to door trying to put food in my my in my cupboard for my children and and suddenly everybody treats you like you nobody and I said you know they don't even do that in the business world in the business world they acknowledge you as like you built a business. Yes, you failed, but you are still that person. You, you know, you are an entrepreneur. You're a business person. You know, you can lose your job and still apply for an MD position or a CEO position. But not in ministry. In ministry, they tell you you are done for. You lost right. that, but you don't. You don't lose that gift. If you're an right. apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, you the gift is by grace to you to equip the saints for the work of the ministry many the people have asked me because I'm doing this like online and stuff are you out the ministry now it's like it's this distinction between when you're a pastor you're in but when you're not a pastor you're not in
1: right the ministry.
0: you know it's just if you have a church in the ministry when you're not, if you don't have a church, you're not in the ministry. If the if the ministry is paying you, you're in the ministry. But if you're not being paid by the ministry, you're not in the ministry. This right. is crazy, you know, stuff that we we deal with. And you know, I I want to say to people that are out there that that have that gift within them, and I, I'm I'm reluctant to talk about the calling because. <laughs> You know, that is like, yeah it goes back to Jeremiah, the prophet kind of thing. You know, I'm called yeah. to be a prophet. It's just a, I understand, but it's a grace gift, Doma, to you that God has not chosen you, but that God has graced you because of whatever, whatever his grace. And it doesn't elevate you above anybody else, but he's graced you with an ability to equip the saints for work of ministry
1: yeah and the thing is is you're not uh i've I heard a statement one time that if if you think you're a leader, look around and see if anybody's following right because if you truly are a leader, if there's a grace on you to do that, somebody's gonna be following regardless of you know what's your teacher or anything you did, you look around and you notice there's a few little a few little ducklings following you
0: yes <laughs>
1: and uh it's not it is that sphere of influence that's why when you kept saying about the leading men or the prominent men or the whatever men, I thought these are guys that have a certain amount of influence in the, ah, in the body of Christ yes, or absolutely. in, in that community, they have influence. Yes. And so it's not, it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of just their gifting or their anointing or anything else. It's the fact that they have that stature of influence that people in heart want to, want to follow they want to see what's going to come next
0: yeah 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 i mean um in galatians 1 verse 15 when he had and again i the words i use specifically is to try and shift the paradigm on it i i don't i'm trying i mean i understand calling because you know but i'm trying to I'm trying to stay away from because of our paradigm within the context of that word, you know, is like, I'm called right. spiritual right. I'm more important than anybody else. And I'm trying to avoid that. So w- language and words determine the culture and I'm trying to shift the paradigm. But Paul says in one in Galatians one but when he who set me apart, even from my mother's woman called me through, uh, through his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood." All right. So, um, there there was a calling, but I was looking for that other verse where he says that um, he was acknowledged by the brethren. Can you remember that verse? um, Anyway, I don't think it's in Galatians, but I thought it was, but it's not.
1: I'm sorry. I was looking for something else.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm just, um, it, you know, where it's, it, it seemed good to, to the brethren. And, um,
1: it seemed and, good to the brethren?
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't even like the brethren acknowledged him, you know, it's just, um, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, or maybe it was Timothy, I can't remember. It just it just came across my mind. It's maybe something that others can look up and, and, and look for. But I, you know, I think I think the important thing here is is that is that we understand that it's from 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 the paradigm of building within the community. Every community. Acts
1: fifteen, Acts fifteen twenty five. It says it seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send you chosen men, unto you. Is that the right. one you're thinking of?
0: Uh, no, really? but it's a, a good one. But. Yeah, it wasn't quite what I was looking for. Oh,
1: okay. But anyway. That's
0: right. yeah,
1: Go so ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was just gonna say is that then, you know, I think I think again what you know, Steve, when, when we talk like this, it just reminds me of the shift in paradigm. And it's tough because it's nearly like we're going against the flow of what everybody uh as adopted as what is what is the right thing, you know, and you know you know it come I was watching something the other night, and uh, and it came to me again is like, do you know man's lust? I know now i 'm touching on something else, but man 's lust for power is right. absolutely and it, and that's that's satan's satan 's idea to take the position. Of God was, or, or the place of God to be God. I will be like the Most High. Um, is it's all about power, and he right. still does the power thing. So I've heard many um, messages on this, but in Luke chapter four, when I look at all the temptations that that Satan offered Jesus, every, the devil offered him every single one was a power grabbing temptation is like throw yourself off the temple you know is because that will pick you up and, and you won't dash your foot against the stone it's power you know turn this 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 um, uh, stones into bread it's power it's the ability to do something miraculous right there and then you know is uh l- look at all these kingdoms of the world uh you know all the cosmos look at all the cosmos and its glory and its splendor I'll give it to you power you know it's just like and 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 we've got to we've got to hide ourselves. we've got to guard our heart against that lust for power right we you know somebody sent me a message at three o'clock this morning from from Malawi, and and the message was um but you shall receive power when the holy ghost comes upon you and i i answered him at three o'clock this morning and i said isn't that amazing we have everything that we need. We don't need any more, but yet we want more. And and uh, is this like the power is in the governor uh, of the kingdom of God, which is the Holy Spirit, the right. one who's like Him but not Him. <laughs> and and we don't need any more power. The thing we lack, the thing that we don't understand, is what what you was talking about with Paul was. Um, uh, you know, that, that rule, my metron, you know, you, my metron extends to you. That's authority. And authority right. is, is, is not um, demanded. It's not commanded. It's not imposed. It's given. Right. And I think that's a powerful, powerful principle in in that we need to understand when it comes to leadership and to our gifting is I might have a mandate, but I cannot, or I'm, I have a grace, but I cannot impose it on others. I cannot force people. I I cannot lord it over their faith. I, it doesn't. If, if people do not measure that gift to them, it's like that's when I walk away. I have to walk away at that point in time. I cannot right. command it, demand it, manipulate it, because that's what we do if we don't see ourselves being received and respected and honored. I mean, you know, that brings me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, where, where I mean, you know, how's this for apostles? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you want to be an apostle or or, a, or any grace gift for that matter. Um, he says, um, uh, where is it? Was it four? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It says, um, verse 9 of chapter 4, for I think God has exhibited us apostles last of all as men condemned to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ, but you are prudent. I love that. Um, Yeah. In Christ, we are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are without honor. To this present hour, we both hunger and thirsty. Uh, We are poorly clothed and roughly treated and homeless. And we toil working with our own hands. When we are reviled, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we try to conciliate. We have become as the scum of the world, the dregs of all things, even until now. I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Wow. I mean, you know, when I read that, I just like, I, I don't see a man that was like popular. I don't see a man that sort of rode in, in, you know, and I'm not saying it's not the place, but he didn't fly around in these double jets, you know, and and have yeah. his gold chains and it and over everybody. This was a man that paid a price for the purpose And the gift of God and the grace of God in his life. I mean, that he was prepared to do it, you know?
1: Yeah, well, there's a, I've heard it said before, I cannot do it that way because it's too costly. It'll cost me too much. It'll be, it'll be, it was too expensive to do it that way. Well, what way is that? Well, it's to pour out my life till you come. To the fullness and stature of christ it's right. to use who i am to bring you into not not to give me a title or a position or anything else over a group of people it's till you come to the fullness and stature of christ and um a lot of times like you said that calling an election thing in fact you just read my favorite scripture we're all fools for christ's sake <laughs> i like that one we're all fools for christ's sake anyway um but over there in Isaiah chapter 9, it says the word came unto uh, Jacob, but it lighted upon Israel. While I'm still Jacob, while I'm still the supplanter and deceiver, while I'm still out there and I will try to get it on my own, I will try to accomplish it by my, uh, how I know how to do it. He already knows that, and he still sends me the mandate at that time. He still sends me the commission. He still says, this is who you are. And uh, it takes a season of time, a lot of times, till you become formed. It says, uh, Jacob have I created, Israel have I formed, in Isaiah 43. And so you think about, there's a formation process that goes through with this, where um, you don't just automatically come into, okay, now I'm an apostle, everybody listen up. <laughs> there's a certain amount of, of things that happen in your life to where that influence um, that respectability begins to come to you because of your, your stature, your posture, uh, not just the way you hold yourself, but in spirit, people know where you're at in spirit. And that doesn't come overnight. That doesn't come like, boom. Okay. Now all of a sudden you're an apostle. I could decide to go out and start 15 churches, but it doesn't make me an apostle. So, um, you know, like I like I said the other day, there's this church in Tyler, and it's uh, it's called Jerry's Temple. And I thought, you know, finally an honest guy. <laughs> you know, it's his, it's his temple, it's his ministry, it's his whatever. Well, let's call it by his name then. You know, the, what's the reason to call it something else? It is his temple. But this whole thing of um, uh, the We like the chief. It says in James, you like the chief place, and that's the problem. We have a tendency to like the chief place, like that place of notoriety, uh, like that position uh, where they we sit in the gilded seat at some point in time. And it even says there, seek the seek the least place. You know, come in and don't even expect taking the prominent seat.
0: Exactly. You
1: know, you're there to serve. You're not there to lord it over.
0: Well, of course, and James says, if you if you go and take the chief seat and you get asked to sit down, you know, it's yeah. like you'll be embarrassed, you know. But and then th- three John nine says, I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephus, who loves to be first among you, he loves to be first among you, does not accept what we say. Wow. And he says, for this reason, verse ten, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds. Deeds which he does unjustly accusing us with wicked words, not satisfied with this, neither does he himself receive the brethren and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. So what he, I mean, he now doesn't allow um, the body of, you know, giftings, the, the grace giftings to come because he loves the chief. You can just see that's his heart right from the start. He loves to be first among you. And does not accept what we say so so you know we 've got to be careful of that harm. They, when we operate let 's go to the positive side of it yeah it's just like when you op, when we <laughs> uh, when we operate in grace i mean there 's an incredible contentment there 's a peace there 's yes. um, there 's no striving there 's no overwhelm. There's no anxiety with that. There's and and um, it's not about your power, it's about then empowering the body of Christ. You have an empowered people to to do what what Christ was wanted us to do, which was go make disciples, not,
1: right, not right.
0: make other aquariums, you know. Right. And so there, there's a tremendous if whatever the grace is, and I think when we, when, when we don't try and proclaim ourselves as loving to be first among, but just, and I come back to that leading men, respected people is just what you said is like, there's an acknowledgement that there's something in them that, um, that there's a grace in them, which, which is empowering. it. You know, it's empowering to be with people like that. It's empowering to be in that relationship. They seek it out. You know, you know, I remember I remember Ray McCauley. I was having lunch with Ray McCauley, the senior pastor of Raymer Church in, in Johannesburg. And and uh, Ray said Ray said this. He came he, he was here speaking at a conference and a young guy came to him and sat with him just before a meeting and said, uh, it's a real honor to meet you and all the rest of it. And he said and and uh, and uh, and he said to him, you know, uh, my 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 pastor said that if I do what he tells me to do, he will make me a great man of God. And oh Ray man. and Ray turned to him and said, uh, Son, nobody can make you great except the grace of God. Wow! And If you're looking for greatness, start looking to be. The full stop, the servant of all, and uh, you know, it's just if if you're looking for greatness, your heart is wrong, and no man can do that in your life, and right. uh, and that was that was interesting to me. He was also he was speaking at a, a James Robinson uh, conference, and he said that um, he decided one day to walk to the conference center from the hotel, and and all the security freaked out and yeah, but he's, he doesn't want to ride in the car and all the rest of it. And he said he just walked in. As he was walking through this like promenade, uh, you know, kind of walkway between the hotel and the conference center. So the guy walked over him and grabbed his hand and said, today is the greatest day of my life. I've met uh, two men of God today. Two great men of God today. This is the best day of my life. And Ray sat him down Um, on a bench and he said the day that meeting a man of God is your best day ever is the day that we need to repent as men of God. And, Mm. uh, and I thought, you know, that this was going back years ago. This must've been 1985, somewhere around there. Um, Yeah. Some 88, somewhere around there. I had, I had lunch with him and, there was a bunch of us, and he was talking to them, and, and right there I got to see the real heart of the man. And I thought, you know, is that that's what? Whatever else happens, you know, there's something a sincerity in there And I think Steve is like, not everybody is loving the first first among them. They're just following the model, you know. It's just right. like, but you know, on the positive side of things, if we have the right heart will empower the body of Christ and that's what it right. should be. And we want we want to have this, you know, one guy, you know, he's got 20 people in his church and he says, "I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I'm worn out." I got 20 people. You know, it's just like, "Wow. Uh why, you know? Um because you're trying to maintain something. You're trying right. to push so hard for for something I don't know what. You know, you are just not Resting in God, which is I think we spoke about that last week, you know, it's just like you're not resting, you know?
1: Right. Right. That's true. So there. So
0: there. <laughs> so that's all about the leading men and
1: the yeah. yeah. And um oh boy. And oh, never mind. We'll save that for some other time. <laughs> yes. Now we can,
0: <laughs> can dive into some I I think you know, that, that was good because it just came as a thought to me in the middle of the night. And I thought, you know, let's unpack that a little bit. I know we unpack, you and I, we talk about these things often, but, you know, it's a good reminder to me continually of, of what it is, what is my message? What is, what is it that I stand for? You know, it's just like bouncing these things around just continually reminds me of this paradigm shift that I have had. What Christ has really dealt with in my life over over the past 15, 20 years, you know, that I am where I am today and it's not popular. It's not a popular place. So I might not be going hungry and thirsty and all the rest of it, but there's definitely a price to pay to have a different paradigm, you know, breaking free of traditional thinking and religious thinking. It's just, it is hard. It's not easy. There is a price to pay for this. But at the same time, is that you know i'm grateful to god and it's good to bounce it around because it just reminds me of that mindset that attitude that that and to me it's like it's good you know because I, i like to i don't ever want to have a doubt about 'Cause sometimes you think, geez, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should be like everybody else because it's so easy for everybody else, you know.
1: Yeah. But then all, all my friends it. have big ministries and you yes. know, they're doing they're doing well, they're quote unquote yes. successful. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And you know, I know if I if I if I throw out my gift and knife, I can do the same, you know. It's just right. like but at the same time I look at them, they're stressed, they're burnt out, they they have to dive into all sorts of stuff to escape. Um, they you know, their marriages suffer, their kids suffer, you know, it's just like um, they stress, they anxious, they, you know, it's just like, I don't want that. You know, and I want to see the body of Christ empowered. I mean, you know, I I know that's what, that's what, what we're about, you know? And so it's good to, to talk, take a little piece like that and just unpack it and say,
1: yeah, because otherwise we we do, you and I both have the tendency to think that we might be the only ones sitting out underneath our juniper tree somewhere, um, you know, and, and um, bless God, everybody else is getting something different than I am. And it's not that I'm anything special. It's just, why is it that well, maybe I'm wrong? Maybe, maybe this isn't the right way. You know, maybe... Um, That's extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked me this the other day. They said, well, um, you know, you're supposed to be making a living off the gospel. Yes. So how does that work with what you're doing? And I said, well, honestly, because of the mindset right now, because of this paradigm shift, everybody thinks they're supposed to give according to the Aaronic priesthood, which is bring all the ties into the storehouse, which is the church. And so the tithe is going to a church somewhere or a ministry as opposed to finding out who Melchizedek is in your life, who God is sending right now. And then automatically your heart opens up and gives to them. Like Paul says, I don't, I don't desire this for my own self. I, I, you know, I work with my own hands, you know, to have, but I desire it so that it may abound toward your account. Because you begin then to recognize that that really this relationship or this whatever it is we're doing is of Melchizedek himself. it is of God. Yeah. So it's it'll abound toward your account because if I am giving unto you spirituals, I should expect of your carnals, but I don't. <laughs> you know I'm not requiring it of you. and that's that's the thing that um, uh, a, a gentleman was talking to me about that the other day he says, uh, you don't, you don't get anything for any of this stuff, do you? And I said, no, not really. Uh, you know, he says, how long has it been? I said, probably 30 some years, you know, um, doing, doing this, this way. And uh, as opposed to being in a pastoral mode and, and getting a regular salary or whatever. And he said, isn't that tough? And I said, well, what it boils down to is why are you doing it, <laughs> you know? Uh, Because if I'm doing it as unto the Lord and I'm doing it because I better do it because I've been commanded to do it by Christ. I mean, it's a joy for me to do it. Um, Then I'm not worried about the money uh, because my God shall supply all my need, not my job. So, you know, you look toward him as your supply. You look toward him as, as the one who feeds even the ravens. And uh, you know, you don't have to worry about it. If somebody gives you something, praise the Lord. I mean, that's exciting. I mean, you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, if you're anything like me, I see something in the mail, I go, woohoo, you know, this is, uh, you know, may it truly abound towards your account because like Paul said, you know, you alone have have communicated with me when, when there's been hundreds of thousands of others that, that have not, you alone have communicated with me. And uh, it's just, it's such a joy to see that because I know that they are recognizing Christ there somewhere. It's not that they feel like they have to, they don't get any benefit from doing that, but yet may it abound toward their account. And so anyway, it's just, it's one of those paradigm shifts that you see happening right now in the body of Christ that just, um, because of that, um, there's a lot of, um, money that's still uh, giving that's still tied up in a certain direction because of a of a mindset and uh, I've heard so many of my of my brothers right now saying well you know you got to give to the church because this is the time when the church is the most in need no you really don't (laughs) you know you don't have to do that to keep the lights on the building paid for and whatever else I mean that's, that's old covenant. That's Aaronic priesthood where we bring it and we put it all in the flesh pot. And then the priest takes their flesh hooks and takes out their salary, you know, when they first dip it in. And then the rest of it goes to keep the lights on in the temple. Um, but the Melchizedek order is a totally different thing. And, uh, that's where I, we're going to see more and more of that beginning to operate because of this mindset shift. In those that are prominent leaders, in those who have something in their hearts that are just beginning to share it without, without any recompense, without any thinking about any return, without, I'm just going to give you everything I have in the hopes that you come to the fullness and stature of Christ. And basically, that's what Melchizedek did. He just came to bless Abraham, plain and simple. Yeah.
0: Well, one simple, one simple principle that Jesus gave his disciples was when he sent them out, he said, freely you've received, freely give.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's
0: no requirement. There's no recompense, recompensation or compensation for what you're doing. You know, it's just, um, you are to give freely because I've given you freely. So the the power and authority or the the and the might and the right to use that might that I'm giving you is to be given freely wherever you bring the kingdom because you bring in the king, you know.
1: Right, right, that's true.
0: That's just the bottom line. And so, when you represent the king, you better not take his stuff.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: You know yeah. what I'm saying is you you're gonna to answer to uh, to the king because right. the, mon- the monarch rules and everything. Right. He owns everything. So when he sends out a messenger, that messenger better not be uh, soliciting, you yeah. know.
1: Dipping but, in the bag, yes. so to speak.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. All right. Well, that's great. Uh, thanks again, Steve. Uh, you know, well, thank you. I really enjoy spending time just bouncing these things around. and. <laughs> I hope you feel better.
1: And oh, uh, I'm I'm feeling fine. It's just my lip was dead.
0: <laughs> yeah. You uh, uh, see that? Every yeah. now and again, <laughs> flap, flap, flap in the
1: window. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like a um, dog with its head hanging out the window in a car. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, just the picture um, all right well thanks for being with us again thank you for joining us on our conversation with uh, steve and sean i don't know what we're gonna what's what we're we gonna call today uh we are the leading men
1: leading men
0: leading men Where we are the leading men so um, and uh, you know again just let me remind you is that we're not yet to discuss to be theologians or, you know, Bible school professors, but really just to in, inspire and to challenge some thinking and uh, some of the mindsets that we deal with. So this may encourage you, may challenge you, may make you happy, right. may make you sad. <laughs>
1: yeah. so. In fact, we welcome, we welcome anybody want to discuss this further because that's what sharpens all of us is to be Absolutely. able to... Be able to talk about this stuff, set it out on the table. Where else can you set things like this out on the table and actually discuss it without fear of reprisal?
0: Yeah. And that's exactly right. I mean, it's just, you know, um, I'm sure that you may have a, 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 you know, your own perspective on things. And as long as it's, it's a, a biblical kingdom expe- perspective, um, we can always come to the place where we um we can find common ground to to help each other to be to be more effective and more influential in the kingdom of god so thank you for being with us again and have a super weekend remember um you can join the community of kingdom leadership equipping in the facebook group you can join the equip uh, the the the, um, community there contribute uh Share, share insights, share posts, we have some requirements for those posts, but we'd love your contributions, your engagement, commenting on posts, uh, being part of the community and uh, and just uh, sharing in there together with us. Um, also, this is going to be appearing on the KLE podcast Facebook page, where I'm now sort of consolidating all the, the um, teaching, all the all the stuff that we do around the podcast and around teaching, et cetera, et cetera. And from there, we'll branch out into other things. So um, I'm consolidating everything on there and it's easier to get access to it rather than going to the group. Uh, The group will keep specifically for leadership stuff. So um, that's it from me. Thanks for being with me and God bless you. Have a, a super weekend.